This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Mother's Day is May 12th. And in advance, Sona, happy Mother's Day. Oh, thank you, You're Conan. a terrific mom, and your kids are here today with Did us. you get me a present? I'm Well, it's not May 12th yet, but oh. I'm getting you one. Okay, thank yeah. you. Well, guess what? Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. You can shop by price category or browse curated gift lists ranging from for the mom who has everything to the gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted. I, I like when you can so go by easy. price because I can go right down to the bottom. Oh, <laughs> Get lines of something for a dollar. Sorry, baby. Oh. <laughs> Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid cameras, and the Samsung smart TV, The Frame. Oh, yeah. Shop now at Macy's.com slash gift finder. And happy Mother's Day, moms. Mm. Hi, my name is Penn Badgley. I feel the dull echo of imposter syndrome at the prospect of being Conan O'Brien's friend. Really? Yeah. You feel like you'd be an imposter? I, I just feel like I have to be honest about how, I mean, I grew up watching you. And, uh, and yes. like I said, when I when I shook your hand. Oh my God, yeah, you know, hold on a second. Sona just walked in. Sona. Are you doing like a, are you actually recording? Oh, oh this, we're doing a show. Podcast. And you know what, Penn was just going on about what an honor it is to meet me. <laughs> and you, and yeah, you interrupted, and now it's probably out of his head. Yeah, no, you're welcome. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Gonna be friends. Hey, Conan O'Brien here. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Sitting here with my gang. Uh, yeah. We're talking, yeah. yeah, we're talking uh, Sona, Matt. We are talking Sona. We are. We're, we're a gang. Yeah, we are a gang. You're my posse. Ride so, or die. You're yeah. my group. Uh, Ride or die. I'm excited. We have a terrific program today, I believe. Is it okay to call it a program? I know we've discussed this yeah, before. It's, it's a program. program. Yeah. yeah. Old habits die hard. They really do. I think you just, yeah. I just like that we're a gang. Do you think we're intimidating? Yes. I don't very think intimidating. We are. I think you're intimidating to, some, you, to you people. You think he's intimidating? Not, yeah, not like as a person, but you know, because you're, you are who you are. I think you can sometimes be very mm. intimidating to like people on the street. Well, also, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tall drink of water. Yeah. Uh, but and, you're like a skinny tall, you know? Yeah, but well muscled, uh, chiseled. Mm. And, uh, I was uh, intimidated the first time I met you. What? No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Really? Sure. I came I was in the room. Too. You were kind of a wise ass. I don't remember you being. I don't remember being a wise ass. You really weren't. No, you were a nice guy. I, I was intimidated too. Um, well, I'm glad. 
I, I, I got you know over what, it you know, very you know, quickly. You know what I'll say too? <laughs> I will say that I think there are known people, obviously, whose persona is intimidating. And so I don't think they get approached that much. Mm. And I, I, I'm quite certain that I have one of the least intimidating personas of any known person yeah. because people aren't afraid to come up do you know what I mean? And then if you're, you look at people like a Robert De Niro or a Sean Penn, I think movie people are different because you see them blown up on a big screen. Yeah, but you've um, seen those people violent. You're yeah. You're like a, you know, you're a funny guy. Well, thank you. you I know? didn't think you enjoyed my, my humor. Oh, so thank you. I don't know if I enjoy it. Okay. But you say <laughs> technically I'm in the category of funny guy. You're, you're in the category of a funny guy. I think that there's a difference between like, you know, bad boys who like, and then there's. Well, what was that? What was that bad boy doing? Yeah. What was that? Like, is he driving a, a mud truck? What yeah. is that? Yeah. I'm a bad boy. Now I'm going to get in my truck made of mud. <laughs> 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 just whole, the wheels are just sloshing off on the sides, <laughs> falling apart. You get two feet. <laughs> Didn't get as far in my mud truck as I thought I would. Why did I use this for a bank robbery? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, I don't think I'm an intimidating presence. So I don't know. I think you are kind of, but I think you're, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what an interesting conversation! I don't. Know, you I don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're back in that mud truck. Again? You ever see uh, Sona when she was in the debate society? <laughs> and I just think, we find in favor of Sona Mavsesian. <laughs> It'd be great if you just used that. You argued in front of the Supreme Court. But wait a minute. So you think a woman's right to privacy? Defend that. Well, <laughs> Plessy <We>. versus bad. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good. effective. It's yeah. very effective. It gets yeah. the job done. Yeah. I want, I'm very excited about our guest today. Oh, okay. We are. Yeah, I am. I like this fellow. He's a fine fellow. He's a chap. I'm not going to, I don't know who you're going to intro right now. <laughs> I know you do. It's, you know what? It is stunning. How little you prepare, yeah, and how little you know. Who do you, and you think know what? It's this absolutely is. true. Do you guys prepare? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we write everything. This is all scripted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, we work very, very I hard. I feel like sometimes you guys have meetings and you leave me out of it. No. I really do. Of course, we're trying to get stuff done. <laughs> <laughs> I can contribute. I can. Have who, who do you think today's episode guest is? Yeah. Do you have any idea who it could be? Uh, not him. We already did it. Oh, I know who it is. Who? It's Penn Badgley. Right. Because you you made a joke right before. Yes. I used to say, uh, because I love just being stupid for no reason. So whenever Penn Badgley's name comes up, someone say, yeah, blah, 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 and then you're going to talk to Penn Badgley, and I'll say more like Badge Penley. <laughs> and I kept doing that over and over and over again, so much so that my kids and I were watching an old Gossip Girl because we do watch those. They're really fun. Uh -huh. The original from the 2000s. I did that joke so many times. Yeah, you know, Penn Badgley, more like Badge Penley. I did it so many times that I subconsciously thought that was his name. Oh, and then it. I did yeah. the same thing. And so my kids said, blah, blah, blah. And I went, yeah, more like Penn Badgley. <laughs> and they were like, oh my God, you just said his name correctly because you thought you were doing a bit but you're only undoing the stupid bit you've done 50 times. I do that all the time, spoonerizing. And do you yeah. know your name spoonerized is Bonin' O'Crying? 
Yeah, of course. <laughs> There's a name for doing that? Yeah. That's what my parents intended. <laughs> so you're, you're... That's how you were conceived. That's, okay, okay. Oh. Back off. Back off. Back off. Oh. That's my mother. You're. Uh. I don't go after Winifred. <laughs> Who's well, Winifred? I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, you're, well, anyway. You're Gat Morley. Yeah, and you're... Uh, that's Mona Subsessian. That's, oh, that's pretty good. Go. That's Mona, Mona. What are you doing that? Yeah. Why are you guys Sub-Sessian. saying it like that? <laughs> I don't know. Is I'm Mona a creep. A My name's name? Bone and No Crying. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like shocked that I went in a creepy direction. I didn't think I'd, I never thought I'd get that from Bonin. I never thought Mona would receive that kind of response. I I'm like that when I see the Mona Lisa at the Louvre. I'm like, oh, Mona, <laughs> Mona. Wait, you're like turned on by it? Yeah, very erotic name. Here we go. My guest today played uh, Daniel Humphrey for six seasons in Gossip Girl, currently stars in the Netflix series You, which returns for a fourth season next year. He also co-hosts the podcast Podcrushed, available wherever you get your podcasts. Very excited to talk with this gentleman today. Ben Badgley, welcome. I'm a fan of this gentleman, and I was liking... I'll, I will say he was ladling, ladling a little bit of gravy over me, and I was enjoying yeah. <laughs> every second of it. But I, I actually was trying to not be flattering. It's more like, um, in, in honor sounds like such a platitude. It's right. but it's 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 uh, it's it's just it's just nice to be here. I guess well, it's nice to have you yeah. here. It's nice to have you here. And during the pause you took, I can get someone who sounds like you oh, God. to put in um, godlike, uh, iconic. You're such a humble person. Conan, Conan, I have to tell you. Yeah. Nobody sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, isn't there some way, Eduardo, isn't there some way that um, during the pause when Penn was to thinking of no. what to say, no, Eduardo, be honest, isn't there some way we can manipulate Penn's voice Get to it. say, you are my hero. <laughs> There's a way. It won't be good, but there is a way. But we could explain that he choked on a chip. He yeah. had he was eating a pita chip at that moment, and he choked. Yeah. Uh, and you are an inspiration. That's how, Gor- that's how Gorley sounds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know why you turned into Yoda all of a sudden. Quick, um, quick time out. I'm hearing music coming from a device. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God, Sona. <laughs> I'm sorry. And when I told you this was going to be the low point of your day. You I weren't was, lying. What is wrong with you? The flattery I'm truly. Sorry. You come crashing in late. I didn't know you were recording and, uh, yet. And, and what music were you listening to? I was actually, I was listening to Billie Eilish. Okay, well so that's a good choice. I was enjoying my drive over here, mm-hmm. and then I was having a really great day until I walked into this room. I swear to God, I thought I heard music. But I, 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 I but did I, too. I thought I was it was being gracious. But I swear to God, I thought it was so subliminal. I thought I was falling in love with Penn Badgley. <laughs> Seriously, like I was looking at you, and you were saying these nice things to me, and I heard music, and I thought. Like. I'm in love with Penn Badgley, which I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are. You know what? Maybe it wasn't my phone and maybe you actually, I feel like you are. You've been talking about him a lot. (laughs) I have been talking. uh, You know, we have a lot to get into, but I will say I have to confess up front that my children are older than yours. I have two kids um, and my daughter is now 19 and my son is about to be 17, but it became a thing in our family a couple of years ago to watch the original Gossip Girl, oh, your okay. Gossip Girl, and we would we would watch it and it became our ritual. Yeah. And um, the kids, you know, because they were too young, 
uh, when it originally happened. And so we all kind of bonded over watching it together. And then I would freak Sona out because yeah. here I am, a man well into my 80s. And... <laughs> And I would be at work and I would be talking about the plot line of Gone Girl and I know all the names. Yeah. That's really and, surprising. And, and I know all this stuff. And you would say, Conan, it's it's like it's creepy yeah. that you know so much about what's happening. His t- uh, TV knowledge is 1970s cop dramas and Gossip Girl. And, <laughs> and that's Gossip Girl. It. Yeah. That's it. That is yeah. really, uh, yeah, okay. All right. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. It holds up. It holds up. That's good to hear. Uh, it holds up, and uh, you have moved on. And uh, have you're... I? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you. <laughs> sure. Yes, you have. I have certain <laughs> obsessions, which is the breakfasts you guys have on that show. Right. Uh, yeah, the waffles. The waffles, and waffles. Um, and you know, Rufus, uh, is your your dad is always making what looks to be like a. A seventeen hundred dollar Four Seasons <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, you guys true, yeah. each take one little bite and then say, yeah. "I gotta go and leave." Every you're right. Every, every single, single time. Every single time. Yeah. And I'm looking at all this untouched. I mean, beautiful golden brown yeah. Belgian waffles, giant piles of strawberries, yeah. giant pitchers of freshly squeezed orange juice. Yeah. And um, one man, one one, man did that. One man did that. And he gave up his music career to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But also clearly our, uh, and and this ties into what I want to talk about later on in the conversation, uh, which is uh, your podcast, Pod Crushed. One of the things that you talk about is people who are experiencing middle school and being awkward and 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 having all this anxiety and all of us felt a lot of that at that age and it's really good to get the word out that that's how it is and yet you first came to fame as part of this show that was showing people the most super yeah. confident i mean it did not permit for for that no one had acne uh, no <laughs> well because we were, because we were all in our 20s you are that's right. I still had acne in my 20s, Pen. I don't know what your problem is. I had uh, acne during, up until uh, Obama's second term. But no, but one of the things that uh, I, what I watch now, and it's and uh, clearly the show plays to almost the camp of it, is I love watching the Chuck Bass character. He's literally calling people. You know, there's like a fireplace behind him, and he's wearing a smoking jacket. Yeah, like he's like he's 60 years old. And, yeah, and he's telling people. I've got controlling interests <laughs> of Krillco Industries. I bought out your shares. You're through. See yourself out. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. He's 15. Yeah, I, yeah. And he's got a PSAT tomorrow. And I've always, I love it. I can't get enough of it. I just love all of it. I, I really like this perspective. I need this perspective. Well, so but, you know, you. it's really great because your character is the sort of dose of reality. You're constantly looking around saying this is in, 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 in that, many th- ways. That's, that's true. That's true. Now, this is the thing that I grappled with a lot when I was on the show, and I was clear with it about the writers, and I was, I was, you know, it was open conversation, I guess. Right. The the thing about Dan Humphrey that it seems is that is that the whole point of the show is that it discovered that it's it wasn't worried about the real world. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't worried. Oh no, about, I do think the show has a sense of humor about itself. Clearly, th- absolutely. You know, they're yeah. clearly uh, enjoying the fact that no. <laughs> It's all what we wish we could have been at that age. Including those of us on the show. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's true. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's completely aspirational in that sense that it's, yeah, it's fantasy. The first time that I ran across that was 90210 when that was coming along and it was such a big deal. And I remembered thinking, I know why this is so appealing to everybody. It's all what we wish high school could have been in some ways. Do you know what I mean? I wish if I had, if I knew then what I know now, if I knew how to talk to someone of the opposite sex, if I had a credit card, if I had a decent car, maybe things would have been different. We all know that they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. Nor would they, see, this, this is where, you know, I think like there's levels to it. And so what you just described, I think makes it, makes it, it's the, it's the charm of it. And then I think what I grappled with during it was like also, you know, what is the net effect? It can't be measured, but what is the net effect of, of, cause it's just one, it's one drop in a, in this, in this bucket of, of, of storytelling we've seen for the last, I don't know, you know, 50 years or something sure. about, you know, like glamorized, glorified youth. Yep. And, and it, and it, and actually, I mean, I'm actually, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like I'm here to really promote my podcast. It feels silly, but I do have one. And that, and that is what, that is what we talk about. We, but I've been we, listening we to your, of, I've been listening to your podcast and I, and I, and it occurred to me that there is a, it fascinates me. There is a connection to, you know, some of the work that you were doing, you know, just getting started in your career. It is almost a whole subgenre of entertainment, which is yeah. we're going to present 17-year-olds who go to high school and we're going to show them in this way that we all kind of wish we could have yeah. been. You know, but or want to be currently if you're like in the writer's room and you're maybe 35 and you're because you, <laughs> really that is the like the, the way they all behave yeah. emotionally in relationship. It's far closer to that of like a 30 something or a late yes. 20s, you know, in New York and or L.A. You know, it's that it really is, I think, the sort of fantasy behavior of how of how adults want to be. You know, if you saw mm -hmm actual 15 and 16 year olds cast in these roles, you'd be horrified. Yeah. You really would be horrified. <laughs> well, it true. would be so funny because there'd be a real 15 year old with um, cystic acne who's playing Chuck Bass going, you're through, it's yeah. not so at Bass Enterprise. Exactly, and he's vomiting from the scotch he's drinking. Yeah. Is it, you know, this is scotch, this is us burning my throat. You're through it, Bass go. What are you doing up? Mother! Yeah. I'm trying to fire the shareholder. Go to bed. I'm sorry, he doesn't have any shares in your company. He's not old enough. You still have the company. Don't say that! <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, you'll be, that'll be, what you just pitched is a, to me, a really funny sketch of. Gossip Girl played by uh, actual actual 14 and 15 year olds yeah. shot single camera. And, um, you know, p people making these moves like I'm off to Paris. No, you're not. Yeah, you're not yeah, fucking right. going to Paris. You're going to go to you're going to go to high school. Yeah. By the way, don't you have a paper due tomorrow? I'm on the trail of a killer. No, you're not. <laughs> Finish yeah, your... that's right. On the trail of an actual killer. Yeah, <laughs> doing Whatever. the FBI's work. Yes, yes. They always have a scheme. Yeah, and it's always like, uh, yeah. you know, okay, here's the plan. We're all gonna go to Stad. We're taking a private plane to Stad, and we're gonna where, where, stop where them that? from stealing. I don't know. I, I, I'm always. I love to quote Stad, but I don't really know where it is. I, is Stad in Switzerland. I think it's in Switzerland. I have no idea. You anyway, always use it as your like. Experience. It's a go-to. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Someday I want to have I want to have some money nestled away in Stad. <laughs> but anyway, that's a really funny idea. We'll get together and we'll produce that yeah. <laughs> because actually, really awkward uh, kids and constantly their parents intervening yeah. and saying no. You're not a shareholder. No, get get back into your room and finish. And and I actually think like the 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 quote unquote love scenes, mm-hmm. like the the real awkwardness of a, of two fifteen year olds kind of like barely being able to look at each other, and just you know having having having. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Think about the emotional maturity yeah. of a fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year old in a relationship. I mean, you think about the way that like we would hold each other's faces and look longingly and say things like. <laughs> I still have never held anyone's face. <laughs> I've been married 20 years. And if I, if I put my hands on my wife's face, I think she'd call the police. Do you know what I mean? And looked into her eyes. She'd be like, why are you looking at me? I feel like if you were cast in one of these high school shows, it would be actually more accurate. <laughs> yeah, I could do it now. Face. Now, at 59, I if you cast me as a 19-year-old in Gossip Girl, I think I would be more convincing than 22-year-olds playing 19-year-olds. I would even say that there's no... Okay, just just practically speaking, the yeah. shot that looks good from yeah. the side of yeah. two people in love saying, I love you, it, you're so close, you actually can't see each other. <laughs> you're, like, it's, you're, you're out of focus. One eye is here, the other eye is there. And you're just like... And you're, and you're just like, okay. This is, you're actually... It's, it's, it's really absurd so, when, you're, when you're bringing it to life. You never actually got a good look at Blake Lively. No, no, just, I know. So I wouldn't blur, recognize her. Just in the a street. blur. No. <laughs> I can see that now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look for that now when I go back. And <laughs> you seem uncertain <laughs> about what you're. Am I talking to a waffle or Blake Lively? It's like when you're when you're in the front row of an IMAX. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. It's. Um, I mean, there's so much to talk about because I am fascinated by. I talk about this a lot, and it's an important subject for me, which is. I totally killed awkwardness as a 14, 15, 16-year-old. I owned it. I was, uh, I mean, I got a merit badge in awkward. And so (laughs) I love to talk about that and let people know. I, I think one of the things that I always thought is I would see people on television and think, oh, that's what they always were. And- you know, interestingly now, uh, it's become much more of an open topic, but people idealizing every single facet of their life rather than showing it for what it really is, which is there's tons of awkwardness, tons of so humiliation and- Mostly. Okay, well, now you're going too far. <laughs> I don't- I That's don't, really, you know, no, no, I mean, no, I mean yeah. uh, you know, okay, in my case, yes. <laughs> but like, I, no, that was one of the things that I, I when listening to your podcast, Podcrushed, I, I like the premise, which is you and two of your friends who yeah. are- And quite, former teachers. Former teachers who are very knowledgeable about this stuff are talking about this actual period of your life yeah. that people, especially now, and you look at Instagram and all yeah. social media, everybody thinks that everyone else- looks like a supermodel in yoga pants. And uh, that is a, it's warped. It's a funhouse mirror. Yeah. But even, I mean, it's funny too, because I think more and more there is a a, a booming trend of celebrities, whatever you want to call them, of authenticity, being vulnerable, talking about how that's all facade. But it doesn't, I don't think that that's a drop in the bucket compared to the decades of cultural teaching we've gotten of the opposite, you know? And so it doesn't really, I think, land. I mean, even 
I mean, how much did I have to kind of step over this threshold of being like, I've been watching you on my screen since for over half my life, you know, and that's, it's a strange phenomenon. You witness this image, you, you, what can you do, but ultimately glorify it, you know? And um, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, uh, I've tried for years. <laughs> God damn it. Won't someone glorify me? No, uh, no but it's, uh, it's, it's true because um, there's this phrase you'll hear publicists say it, I've worked with people who've said it, where you meet someone, you, you've probably experienced this, you meet someone uh, in this business early on and they're very real, they're very themselves. Mm. And then they, you hear later, oh, they went through the machine. Yeah. You ever heard that phrase? Yeah, and, I've probably said it, yeah. Yeah, and what happens is you then see them later on and they're not quite as accessible and vulnerable. They dress a lot better, but clearly they've gone through some process in order to, and, and I don't know what the thinking is. Is it to make you look better on a red carpet or? Partly. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah. and it, it makes me, uh, I've had that a couple of times and I felt what saddened me, to be honest with you. And I, oh, I witnessed it a few times with celebrities who I knew them really early on in their career. And then I saw them just a couple of years later when they had experienced like a real, burst of fame and I could tell then there's a distance or something yeah, isn't quite. No, a distance is a great way to put it. I yeah. think, you know, what I've, I went through my very cynical years. I mean, you saw I moved to LA when I was 12 and I was working right away and I left when I was 20 to do Gossip Girl. And right before that, I was thinking about quitting because I'd been doing so much television. I mean, I'd been doing so much television that by the time the Gossip, Gossip Girl offer came around, I was like, hey, yeah, I just don't think I can do any more of this. I mean, I'd been working for Warner Brothers at that point since I was like 14. You well, take know? me through this because let's slow it down for a second because this one I want to hear. I know you're you're originally from Baltimore. Is that right? Well, so I was born there, but I really never lived there. Until, I mean, I was two. You know, I wasn't making, I didn't have agency when I was two. So okay. I didn't know. I, I, I'm the only one out of all my cousins who really doesn't know Maryland as well. So I'll take Baltimore is a bit of a technicality. It is a technicality. You. It sounds great. And then why did you move to L.A.? Well, so I, from there, I lived in Virginia, mm -hmm. which is a um, very sort of idyllic suburban thing. Only child, two parents. Uh, and then that the Fishers began forming. Then we sort of had to leave and go to the West Coast, we had far away. So we, we, we went to Washington State. We lived on a, on, in, a, in a house that was like on, on a mountain side. Our neighbors were like a mile away. The driveway was oh like God. two tire tracks up the road. I lost my cat three days after arriving, presumably to coyotes or, you know, cat never returned, uh, which was heartbreaking. And, and it, because it was the end of the school year and I wasn't going to be returning to some kind of schooling for a few months, there was like no social outlet. And, right. it, and it was in that context that... Uh, when you said the Fishers formed, was it your parents divorced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. got it, it, got nice it. Nice little metaphorical way of saying the family was I just apart, say as they do yeah. <laughs> fishers formed wait what fishers formed yes i should clarify yeah, yeah. no i thought you were talking speaking geologically but yes your parents divorced. so that's how was, I mean, our house was being swallowed up by yeah. the earth so we had to leave but that's rough so you were living with your mom your dad they were together but it was falling apart and the reason by the way the and the only reason that i'm uh, that i'm open about that is i actually think like what puts a 12 year old into into Hollywood in any meaningful way is like, it's it's not a great choice, 
Like I wouldn't recommend to anybody to to do that. You know, a lot of people I grew up alongside are are a case study in that. As am I, even if I look successful on on one end. I mean, and just like the sort of work I've had to do to to to, to reconcile just that is, you know, it's 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 a lot. But but Washington State and 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 a lot of isolation is what led me to acting. It was it was a social outlet, to be honest. It was, it was and on the stage performing. What was your first big moment? Did you have a moment yeah. when it called clicked for you? What was yeah, that? so I was playing Winthrop and the Music Man. Oh my God, the Music Man is my, my dream. Really? Is, uh, yes, is to play Harold Hill in the Music Man. Oh. Because I've always thought that's what I was sort of born yeah, to do. Right. I, right. I, I'm, and basically just do the treble song and then leave. I don't need to sing that I love you to a librarian, none of that. I just want to be brought in, do the treble song, and yeah. then I'm, I, a helicopter comes and takes <laughs> me away. It's a very unusual production of the Music Man. It's, it's, an, it's an amazing song. But yeah, so, so being on stage in this community theater, it was, by the way, like 50 miles away from my home which we would travel to every day oh my god so it's like 100 yeah. miles every day but you realized okay this is it yeah i mean you're bound together with like a common purpose with not just kids your age you know you're it's just people of all ages and right and and walks of life relatively speaking in that place in that corner of the world and um yeah i was just like this is amazing and you know what Soon after that, I got into radio. So actually being in a vocal booth and like this kind of thing, Mm -hmm. this is really where my professional life started at at nine years old. So, you know, one of the jokes with my, with my, my podcast about middle school is that I didn't really, I didn't finish middle school. I didn't, I didn't attend high school because I was working. Mm -hmm. At what age did you leave middle school? 12 officially. And I was in seventh grade then. Okay. Um, didn't finish my seventh grade year. Didn't I skipped eighth grade and started homeschooling as a ninth grader, which was completely and utterly meaningless. The particular like like government assisted program I was in got a computer, and actually soon after I took a proficiency exam that gave me the equivalent in a, in California state to a high school diploma, so I could actually work adult hours ah and wouldn't have to do the whole tutor thing, which to be honest was preferable because it's like when you're working on set, you then have to do these three hours of... You know, I've always been really suspicious of that. And most of my career has been obviously working in this this variety format. So I haven't been exposed to that. But the few times that I've been on a set and I've seen kids leaving to go be there with their tutor yeah. and then being released from the tutor so they can come back and run away from the dinosaur or whatever they're supposed to do. It always felt like this can't be great. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's, defi- it's definitely not. And so... If as long as I was going to go on this path, I actually think it was the right way because it helped me to remain excited to to learn because I was not having like toxic learning experiences, partly because I didn't finish middle school or go to high school. You know, I actually right. always have retained the just utter joy of reading, yep. you know, and I think working also gave me so many experiences that acted like a another kind of education. Yeah, but it's interesting because I think uh, a love of reading conquers all. I agree with that. And um, I stumbled upon this great quote the other day from Gertrude Stein. I don't know who that is. I didn't... didn't, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, early modernist. uh, Sure. You know, helped Hemingway get his start living in Paris. Anyway, um, but Gertrude Stein said uh, at the end of the day, and I'm misquoting her, but basically it was at the end of the day an education may not be very important at all. And hmm. um, I, I, and I took that to mean it really is what you it's it's how you educate yourself in so many ways that can make up for anything. I mean, there are people that have tons of education and don't know anything, 
and there are people who educate themselves. And I think yeah. reading is uh, just being curious, just being curious Absolutely. about yeah. the world and reading books can, you know, some of the most brilliant people I've met, I don't even know where they went to college or if they went to college, uh, but they're, you know, autodidacts. They just teach themselves things. And um, I'm really in awe of them because, you know, in our country, obviously we get really obsessed with, you know, where'd you go to school? You know, and I think there's so much education that you can do for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it also seems to me, I mean, you went to an incredible university. I feel like everybody's report from school is has to do a lot more with life experience, I, th yes. I think, right? Def no, definitely. I One thing everybody knows about me is that I went to Harvard, and I'm, I worked really hard in high school to go there. I was interested in going to a, a good college. I'm proud that I got in. Um, I can't tell you what I learned there that... I retain today what I remember are the people. I remember meeting lots of interesting people, some of who, many of whom are still my friends to this day. I remember getting interested in comedy. I was always interested in comedy, but finding an outlet for it there. But I'm very clear with my kids that it was not, it's not Hogwarts. You don't go to these schools and they impart some magical spells to you that then take you on in life and you're a great sorcerer. Um, and you get an owl. I'm going to keep going with this. Oh, um, please. You know, Snape's involved. Um, I think that's enough. Okay, I think it's... I'd like to hear more. I don't know. I don't, I don't get this every day. So okay. I, know you, I know you're sick of it. <laughs> there are different houses. You know, yeah, okay. great. How many? Okay. Well, it's interesting you say. There's, <laughs> by, there's Slytherin. <laughs> by what name? Please do. <laughs> but I do think it's, you know, my great education in my life has been stumbling around making mistakes in the real world, humiliating myself, having some things go well, some things go terribly. Uh, that has been my education. And I, I sometimes feel badly that there's all this pressure on kids today, that uh, there are certain schools that have the golden key. Yeah. And you, if you don't get to those schools, you cannot move forward. And I think of all my heroes who didn't go to school or went to a school I, I don't know or were terrible students, flunked out, and um, they have, you know, achieved spectacular things. And it's, it's another thing that would probably come up on your podcast because I, I see it so much as, I mean, schools are so much more competitive now than they were yeah. uh, when I was applying. I don't think I'd get into any of these schools now. They're, they're, you know, kids are competing against everybody. They're competing against the very best kids in the entire world, yeah. in China and India. And it is very, very, very difficult. And I think it's, it's a lot of pressure for a really young kid to have. It really is. And then also, once you get out, and just the relevance of a degree now and just how many... Do people say the job market anymore? Is that a... <laughs> I mean, but I feel like I used to hear that a lot. Used now, to hear it. But now, now after COVID, it's like, it's... A, no one, it's something no one has said job market in three years. <laughs> I don't know why we're laughing. <laughs> I know. Well, it's Everything's the, it's crumbling the around us. The pain. It's yeah, the mass the pain, yeah. So I'm, I'm curious because I want to follow this a little bit. You start doing theater and then how do you get into television? And what kind of roles are you doing? As, are you, a, are you yeah. working in television as a child? Uh, yes. I mean, so in Washington, it was, mo it was theater and voiceover. Right. So I really did a lot of like, uh, like radio and like video game voiceover stuff. So uh, Seattle Children's mm -hmm. Theater is a pretty... Then it was. I, I think it still is. My wife is from Seattle. Oh. And uh, so I've spent a lot of time there visiting her family. And we've seen many Seattle Children's Theater productions. 
So I'm okay. really well, well, fam- well I'm really wow. familiar with right. it and uh and it's they're fantastic. Yeah, I mean I remember just being kind of enchanted again like so I went from this community theater in a town called Monroe that was very far away from where we lived doing the music man to you know what felt like big city metropolitan children <laughs> doing reviews and I remember I remember we did one musical review and then uh, wow I haven't thought about this in so long and then we did one that was not a musical which I loved. It was called Barbie's Demise. Oh my God. And it was written by teenagers. And I was, you know, probably 10. So to me, they were the coolest people in the world. Right. Writing sure. some original, like radical feminist uh, for the time. Who knows now what it, but yeah, it was called, it was literally called Barbie's Demise. This is this great. Is You're coming out of my. This is a good therapy session for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, you owe me $140. <laughs> therapy costs more than that now. Come on. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I was I knocked about a hundred dollars off. Yeah. yeah, I can recall just this sort of bustling feeling of 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 entering into yeah, like I said, just this kind of metropolitan feeling of like making making art. It really did feel that way. You know? I remember very clearly, you know, when I was fourteen, if I saw teenagers, I mean, or, or, I mean, when I was like twelve, thirteen, if I saw eighteen-year-olds, wow. it's very difficult to explain now how insane that gap is. It, it, it's, it's, it's the biggest gap in the world. It's, the, it's a massive gap, and it's something that you don't get later on in life because it's not like I can say, well, you know, whatever, as a guy in my 50s, uh, oh, my God, you're 65. That's so impressive. It doesn't work that yeah. way anymore. Do you know what I mean? No, not at all. Even from, I would say, I would even say from 20 to 40, like I'm 36, or will be 36 shortly, um, I'm waiting for happy birthday. Oh, happy. No. Happy well, you didn't say how <laughs> shortly. Yeah, well, how, we were waiting to see how shortly. Is, is it within the... 240 days. No, it's it's like, it's in a few days, but I was happy stupid. Happy birthday. It was happy birthday. No, I, and we're going to keep saying it to make you feel like shit. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> oh, no. This part's got to stay. Trust me, Sona, when she just had her birthday, and she calls it her birthday month. Birth month. Birth month. Yeah, it's I'm not sorry. birthday month. Yeah, okay. birthday month it's, sounds stupid. But yeah, that's ridiculous. I went I to a good birth college. <laughs> that proves I didn't say something stupid. Uh, this proves my point exactly. I just called it birthday month. Yeah. Uh, yes, but yeah. you you make no one makes a bigger deal. I love my birthday. If you were, are Penn, you a big birthday person? Uh, no, I I uh, no, but my 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 wife is. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. What if you were? What were you going to say? If you were Penn you would be celebrating starting several weeks before your birthday and then extending several months afterwards. This would be part of birth month if <laughs> right, I were you. Right, you yeah. know, that's you wouldn't how... be here is the point. You'd be, you'd be off. <laughs> yeah. I would bring in a cake that I brought myself yeah, and right. then make everybody and sing then, happy birthday yeah, to me. And you'd charge it to the show. <laughs> <sighs> and she's laughing because that's exactly, exactly, exactly what I true. Yeah. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think CarShield, CarShield plans 
provide protection <laughs> on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call CarShield and choose the mechanic to do the work. CarShield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone. <laughs> Cuckoo, there's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, and you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it, it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right, everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah. And we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. Conan. 
So you come to L.A. at some point and you're doing, do you know then that like, okay, this is, I can do this. I can do this for a living. I can be on television. I know uh, you're doing voiceovers so, for so, a bit. Yeah, so, so, so what, what happened was, I, I guess I started doing auditions for commercials and like movies. Right. In fact, uh, from what I recall, do you, do you remember this movie Mercury Rising? Yeah. With Bruce Willis? Yeah. And uh, I believe uh, at the time a, a child named Miko Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um that role was the first audition I had. I put myself on tape in Seattle. I can remember vividly the casting office. Again, things I've not recalled in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like had repeated callbacks on that. Really was invested in the... Um, I mean, this actually sounds like in a lot of ways sort of reductive and pr- problematic. But at the time, you didn't see a lot of representation of people with autism or disabled. Mm-hmm. And certainly you didn't have disabled actors playing those people. So I was... You know, I, 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 I like I watched Rain Man and and was really motivated as a young artist, as a young performer, about this idea of like really inhabiting somebody else's sort of like frame of mind and and heart, and you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it was actually really exciting, um, you know, like working on those mannerisms and 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 stuff to play a, an autistic child, and um, and then years later, like at seventeen or or eighteen years old, I had a a meeting with like the VP of, of casting at Warner Brothers or something. And she, from what I, it's, I almost feel silly saying it, but from what I remember, she said she remembered my tape and that I was evidently one of, one of the last names in the running for that. And I was like, oh, I never heard that. that wow. That's, that's cool. Um, but, but that's to say that, you know, at what, I probably nine or 10 years old. I mean, I was like actively pursuing what would become our, you know, career in film and TV. And it, and it, and it felt good, you know, for all the stuff I mentioned earlier about the culture here that you can't avoid and that, it, and that a child is like alone in the ocean a little bit, doesn't have the tools to really recognize. Um, but apart from that, I was like authentically pursuing some kind of career as an artist. And, and I liked that. It was, it, it felt really good. And then I started working and then <laughs> no um it's hard uh, you know that's the other thing too is that it's it's again you want to talk about people idealizing things um the career and the work that you've done and being in the business having success is idealized by a lot of people totally, yeah. and um i remember one of the first things when i first got into the business um especially on camera someone gave me some advice never complain Mm. never get never be caught complaining and i thought yeah. oh that's true because i remembered once we had the author frank mccord on who's this you know great irish writer who had uh, who wrote angela's ashes and it he talks about his terrible upbringing you know and literally being impoverished and he he'd written these amazing works about his really tough childhood in 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 ireland in like the 1930s and 40s and I remembered we we had him on the show and the show's over and we had had just a really tough, long string of shows mm. in a row. And I walked out and I'm pulling my tie off and I went, oh my God, man, this this gig sometimes just really gets to me. And f- I forgot who I was talking to. Mm. I'm talking to Frank McCourt, the guy who is famous for writing about his impoverished childhood in Ireland. 
And he went, well, I bet there's a lot of other feckin' people who'd be willing to do it if you'd want to give it up, Conan. And I'm like, no, 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 Mr. McCourt. No, I'm, I'm, I know I'm, I'm so happy that I, you know, because I immediately, I, you know, here I am with my makeup on. Yeah, right. Wearing right. A, a suit jacket, and I've just chatted and done some banter and been very highly compensated for it. And I said, oh, man, this job sometimes, ha! You're feeling like you're a little fucking tired of your job, are you? You know, like. And I thought, Jesus Christ. But the times I've been around, especially uh, single camera, and I had a little bit of experience with it a couple of months ago, uh, and I was stunned at how how much how hard everybody's working yeah really it, and, i mean the and, hours are long and stuff yeah, yeah and, and not just the act i mean the actors are there but then the anyone the crew the, the people there. the people in makeup are there so the, the actors are showing up at like five and six in the morning but the the people in hair and makeup are showing up at four thirty in the morning to get everything ready for them and they're packing up after the actors go home i just was blown away yeah. and now i look at these single camera shows and movies very differently, I think. Wait a minute, every shot I'm seeing, there were, it was done 55 different ways. Yeah, and it took five months for like four minutes of footage with some of these big ones, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's a behemoth enterprise and it really is like, it's an amazing thing to be a part of. And I, I you know, I agree with you about this. Uh, complaining is, in, in this industry, is, it's definitely a bad look. Um, mm -hmm. I I, th I think the you know the only time that I'm um, forthcoming or, or, or transparent about 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 the process is is more of like as a witness to help people to not idealize it in yeah. a way that yeah. is sort of like I don't know it just it just leads to more and more fantasy you know yes. what I mean it's like I personally love what I do and I'm also constantly taking stock of like the culture of the industry it's just yeah it's like really really intense i think you're bringing up a good point which is you need to love it hmm. you need to love it are you willing to like give it your absolute yeah all yeah <laughs> and i i always say are you are you willing to feed like remove your leg and feed it into a wood chipper to 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 do this because you love it that much and if the answer is yes then you have your answer i think you and i both know people who've got into this because they thought, if I get famous, this will be the salve and the ointment that will cure my insecurities, the fact that I was a nerd, the fact that no one, the, the, the girl I like didn't pay attention to me, this will cure all of those wounds. Mm. And I know people that felt that way, got famous, that didn't happen, it doesn't fix if you've got a hole inside you, you still have that hole. It is, and they become enraged about yeah. it. They're furious. Yeah. They're rich and recognizable, and they're really angry because yeah. it didn't fix the thing that they wanted to fix. And it, Yeah, and at that point, the hill is really tall. Yeah. <laughs> the peak is very far away because, yeah, I mean, also, you know, again, in, in, and, I, and I hope in this context is clear, like, not at all complaining about it. It's, it's, it's like bearing witness to this reality. We know that like fame and wealth, how many more documentaries about are the world's biggest icons and most talented people who, how many more do we need to see yeah. who've fallen and collapsed? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like it just helps us understand the forces at work. Like certainly never be ungrateful. And then like, yeah. let's not paper over how it's, uh, there's always a cost. Yeah. So, and, and there's a cost to everything. And so you just need to be reasonable and you need to see both sides of it and, and weigh them. Yeah. And sometimes if the cost gets too high, you need to track that. 
as well. And I, I think the big antidote, something you've done, I've done is find your partner, have kids. That is huge. It and really then, is. And then invest in that because yeah. the rest of it will come and go. But um, my wife assures me she will never leave me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I make her renew that vow every day. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is that seem- time bomb. You think, you, think she's on, you think she's on the way out? <laughs> no. All it takes is one, one face hold. I know. <laughs> That's right. I'm watching way too many Gossip Girls these days. My daughter. Covering her ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also, you know, in this modern era, like the idea of taking a woman's face and holding and holding it still. Yeah. While you say things like, I'm going to hold your face right here so that you have to, so I can mansplain something yeah, to you. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like that. I has, think has Tack ever held Tack your face? Tack has never held my face. He's never been like, you know. What I about mean, this? What about the, what about the? The, oh, 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 the little that. I do that to the myself. Is, that? <laughs> is that weird? That's an. It's, it's a, a little like a. It's a little, little autoerotic. Yeah. It's feline. Do you make that of. face when you do it? I do this. Yeah. I. <laughs> I make kind of a weird pouting face as I stroke my own chin. That's yeah, weird. That got me through fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Okay. <laughs> Did you do it in class? Like sometimes oh, the come teacher on. would say, "Conan, stop that," and I'd go. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do oh, that noise, sound. though? It's a po- well, I oh. guess it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a habit I have to get rid of. Yeah, you really. should stop grazing your cheek like that. That's just weird. I remember I've talked noise. about uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape. James Spader, when that movie came out, I remember they wanted to show him pleasuring himself, but in a way that was acceptable in the late 80s. So he'd have no shirt on, and he'd just be rubbing his fingers across the top of his chest. And uh, I remembered that took me completely out of the movie. Really weird. Like, oh, okay. That doesn't seem that efficient. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't think that's going to get the job done. It depends on how long you got. (laughs) I mean, I, 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 I... You know what's funny about that is that now cut to I don't know what the rating is on my show you but yeah it's like, I was gonna say I'm, I'm now famous for among other things masturbating right well the uh, thing is I'm <laughs> on your show <laughs> it's even in the pilot they have it they have it happening in in you know in so it, the pilot in the pilot yes. you are watching the object of your affection from across the street and um, you start uh, taking care of business. Um, <laughs> And you're not what we call spader baiting. Uh, <laughs> you are. Uh, <laughs> you are really doing it, and and then I'm wondering, is there direction involved? Oh in yeah. That? I mean, what does so, the director so, say? So from what I so for, first of all, what's interesting about this is it, it is on 19th Street in Gramercy, which is the first street I lived on in, in New York City. So I, right. it was it was the added bit of surreality for me is that I it was it very much was like a neighborhood street for me. Like I was very much at home, mm-hmm. but now surrounded by a film crew at like you know 11 p.m. at night. And um, and by the way, like. Keep in mind, not looking at anything real. I'm looking at an X, a tape mark. Right. They're holding a, like a, yeah. it's, it, they're holding like a, there's like a fishing pole with a golf ball hanging yeah, off of it. That, and they're saying, yeah. just look at that and pretend that it's right. an erotic woman. You don't realize how awkward it's going to be until you just got to go ahead and act like that. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I struggled with a lot when I first took the role was like, 
I don't want to lean away from the horrific aspects of this person. I, right. I you know, I don't want right. to be just as we've said. We, you know, it's hard not to glorify actually almost anything you see on camera. So I'm gonna just be conscious of that. So there were two things that that I did that were, and again, I don't know what happened. I don't remember what they used. I don't remember. I don't. So I, it may not be this way in the in the show. But what I did up until the director came and was like, "You can't do that anymore," is that I was slow and my eyes were open. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, I was like, I am going to be very slow, and I am not gonna fucking blink. <laughs> and um, I like that a director came over and said, "You've got to stop that now." Uh huh. And at some point, he he comes up and he's he was he was trying to be very kind, and he was like, "Hey, so um." I, I think I think we're gonna have to get you to close your eyes. <laughs> you know. Oh, well, now I know why I didn't get this role. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was be, because I was already very conscious of not wanting to be like sexily masturbating outside right, of the right, street right. of you know. It's like it's very intense to play this person, and you know, and I was kind of I was already like why why why. Why? Like, why? T- tell me. <laughs> why do my? Why are my eyes closed? Yeah, you know, just just being very principled. And this is where you know, at this point, I don't know what I was thinking as an actor, but just as a person who was uncomfortable, I just was kind of ready to go. By the way, my version of confrontational, the people pleaser that I am, working all my life in in, in Hollywood, was like, okay. Okay. In my mind, I'm like, why? 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 I don't remember what I actually said. I wish Frank McCord had been there. (laughs) If you don't want to fucking jerk off, I bet that someone else would be willing to do it for a couple of hundred fucking thousand dollars. (laughs) I'm not comfortable with this. Ah, you don't want to whack it, do you? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> that started. That started to turn into like a rap almost at the end. That had, that had really, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. And so and so and I don't remember anybody telling me to speed up, but I think I just did because it felt so weird to be going so slow. Yeah. Yeah. And then no. they use what they use. Whatever you can go back and watch. Whatever it is, I don't remember what what it is. I don't remember what it is. I think the director just put it on fast forward. He sped up the film. <laughs> so you were doing it really slow, but it's like. <laughs> you know. And in the background, cars are going really fast. <laughs> and the sun comes up and goes down like three times. Because uh. apparently you were doing it for days. <laughs> well, you know what? I am. I, I, know, I feel like I'm a natural for your podcast, uh, Podcrushed. I think I should. Oh, if definitely. you actually, yeah, I, if I, you I, actually I want to come on, I mean, we would love to have you. Because, you know, if you're looking for people with uh, an, an awkward past who need to come clean, I'm your man. A, a deep well, I bet. Well, that's past, present, and future. What are you you. talking about? I turned into such a cool guy. Now I am Chuck Bass. (laughs) You're about the age. You're you're getting to the to the age of the Chuck Bass disposition. Chuck Chuck Bass honestly had the disposition of like a of a yakuza member. Like is. Like just just points and oh, it's so true. And also the amount of brown liquor. Yeah, you know that's yeah. the thing I love is it'll be like two o'clock in the afternoon and he's throwing back drinking like, it like water. Yeah, wa- wa- drinking it like water. And I'm like, oh no, that, that fucks you up. Yeah, and you're seventeen. <laughs> you have algebra in an hour. Algebra. <laughs> <laughs> you're through at Bass Industries. 
Yeah, he is. He really is Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons. He's Mr. <laughs> Burns. But uh, well, this made me really happy. I was so glad that you could come in and do this. And you know what blew me away is that we never met. Yeah, no, never. I mean, and, and, uh, yeah. and you know, I was on my way in here, and I was like, wait a minute, I've never met Penn Badgley, huh. and told my family that I was going to be interviewing you today, and got major points. That's because, great to yeah. hear. No, seriously, that it is a ritual for us, and. Um, my daughter's off at college now, but when we get, uh, when we all get together, one of their things is we, we watch some Gossip Girls. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, wow. still. That's, that's, yeah, that's really cool to hear, yeah. honestly. That's, Sometimes, that's nice. yeah, when my wife sees me watching one alone, I get in trouble. Because oh. <laughs> suddenly, I'm a pervert. <laughs> it's because your eyes are open. And I have no shirt on, and I'm just... You can't spader, just spader dating an episode of I'm Gossip standing. Girl. I have my pants on. I'm standing. You're standing. And I'm, I'm standing. And it was Spader standing? And it's like, yeah. No, he's lying down. But I'm standing because I've... I've taken the spader method and I'm I do it. Uh, You're propping up. it up. Yeah, and I'm just I'm rubbing my chest and I'm watching a, a Gossip Girl from like 2006. And you have no expression on your face, right? Because no, you're it's just it dead. Now, it's <laughs> oh, just a completely dead face. He just he just did a really dead face. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh this is on video. You'll see it. <laughs> no, don't look right. Your camera's right there. Don't look right at and, it. And though. I'm watching, you know, an episode, and it's like, you know, Rufus just made waffles, and I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> the thing is, I'm most the, sound. the waffles. It's the it's the waffles that I'm. It's not the beautiful women. It's look at all that. Breakfast, those uh, <laughs> those carbs. The no one's having any. Why are you wearing a vest again? <laughs> <laughs> you really do. You really do. Oh, I watch. I watch. I gotta go. I gotta go. I can't eat any of this. Eat it! It's the fucking greatest You breakfast. are the only person who's talked about the breakfast on that show. I uh, think everybody... Uh, is that I, I, I no, really? You, it, was like, it was like an inside joke with us. Well, yeah. with you guys, but people watching probably uh, weren't paying attention to the no, breakfast. No, 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 no. Rufus yeah. waffles are fan like... Sites. Rufus's waffles are... As far as I'm aware, they're a thing. Yeah, well, I, thing. I mean, I think no, that... No, I think if you went... You said fan sites. No, no, I think if you went on... I'm saying if you went on a fan if site... If one or was if you to go... Go into that world, I'm sure they talk about did it. Did you go yeah. on a... No, did I did go, not. It's I did okay not, if you did. Well, I didn't go on as myself. <laughs> no, I'm saying that anyone who watches the show... Yeah. If, no, you're, if yeah. you're talking to a sentient person, at some point you notice... That think of the greatest brunch you've ever seen. Like you're at a rich person's wedding, yeah. and they put out a brunch that costs a couple hundred thousand yes, dollars. Every that time. is the breakfast that they have. I I've watched the show. I just was paying attention to what everybody was wearing, how attractive everybody All was. All I see is the amazing breakfast, okay. the waffles. All of them. All of it. And you guys always take a little nibble. Yeah. And then I'm out of here. And you take off. Mm -hmm. And then you go and get a coffee someplace. I'm sorry. I took this in a weird wow. direction. We were here to help young people understand that there are problems and their issues and that it's okay to feel awkward. And yeah. I, I took it to my own place, which is I want to go back in time and finish those breakfasts. You want to live inside of a, of a waffle nook. They were, they were really good. And I have to say, they were, I always wanted to eat more. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I did. Well, I'm imagining Frank McCord just being like, Hi, breakfast time! Wish you'd had another, and there's children dying. <laughs> Look at these fucking waffles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're sorry. Oh, Penn Badgley didn't get enough free waffles, did he? 
Um, hey, Penn, this has been a real pleasure, yeah, a real joy. So, so cool talking to you. And you know, we didn't even get to, we'll scratch the surface next time, but I know you're uh, a guitar guy. I know you yeah. play a Telecaster. Yeah. I'm a Fender guy. I love Fenders. Uh, so we got to talk about that sometime. I would love that. You're yeah. a phenomenal player from what I no, understand. No, I am not. I am not. Well, am, you, you wouldn't I'm say a, that. No, no, but I also, I know what I am, which is yeah. I am largely a self-taught uh, hack and I don't know theory. And yeah, as am a, I, the same. And, and there's a lot that I, whenever I play with people who can really play, I feel terrible. So I'm always very open about that, totally but, I en- but I enjoy it. Yeah, I really I, enjoy yeah. It. I'm very much in the same boat. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll continue this on, on your podcast. Yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, and happy early birthday. Thank you. Uh, birth month. Birth month. Yeah, birth you want to stretch this out. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus... They also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, <laughs> find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. (laughs) I was telling people no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis. Netsuite.com slash Conan. A few episodes ago on the live from the Beacon Theater Tracy Morgan show, Mm -hmm. we discussed something 
that we need to follow up on. Okay. And that is... Yes. Oh my. Jupe. God. The jupe sent for men. It's so oh much my more purple God. than I let thought. Let me it would let be. me bring people up to speed. Please. Tracy's on the show at the Beacon Theater, Tracy Morgan, the great Tracy Morgan. And just before the show, they say Tracy's here, so I go down to say hi to him, and he gives me a big hug, and I am suddenly transported to a better world because he has this aroma um, he wears, and I asked him about it, he wears a, a cologne. But of course, being Tracy, I just said, what are you wearing? Jupe! <laughs> Jupe! And he's yelling, Jupe! And I, I I, didn't know what he was talking about. Me either. I think I pulled the crowd. I don't think a lot of people knew what Jupe was. None of us know. on stage did. Yeah, we didn't know on stage. I don't know about colognes where there's an exclamation point in the name. <laughs> it's, it is a red flag to me. Yeah. Uh, and also the color of the cologne <laughs> is... Literally a red flag because that's the that's the color of your urine when you're dying of kidney failure. <laughs> it is a, that is a cranberry blood. Yeah, you just pour that in a toilet after someone's used it, and you will freak them out. Also, it just says "jupe!" exclamation mark home. And there's literally not another Let word on the bottle like anything. Nothing. Well, I was saying to Tracy, I think. You know, do you think this would up my game yeah. with this? And he was, I have to say, Tracy's a very convincing person. He's a yeah. very powerful personality and he doesn't half recommend anything. Jupe. He really, really thought my life would be enhanced if I had some jupe on me. Do you remember what else you said? You said that you would put some on, go home, not say anything and see what Liza said about yes, it. Yes, I will do that. Yeah, so and, we can report back. Okay, this is interesting. Um, my wife has been in New York City. Talking to lawyers for some reason. But that's not the important thing. No, no, she's been in New York and she gets back today. Mm. So this is perfect because when I go home, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah. You're going to introduce her to the new Conan. Yeah. Right? So try some the on The Duke now. Conan. Yeah. I'm try this. So, oh, it's got a little sprayer. And what do you do? Do you spray it right on? Do you want to smell it I first? I think technically you're supposed to spray it and then walk into it. I just smell it first. That's so close. Okay. <laughs> I just fired it at myself. <laughs> it was backwards. I am, I am not kidding. I just held my wrist out, held the bottle up, and then saw this shit spray into my eyes. I, I'm not, I, I wasn't trying to do it. clearly a, never I was wore a cologne. Of course not. I've never worn a cologne. Oh, I don't know how I feel about mm. that. What do you think? I don't need it. Well, it I'm getting like a, it could devegetate brain forest. I don't want to be mean, but it does smell like this this motel I used to stay in with my family in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> I'm not even joking. What if, if Tracy was here, he'd probably say, I love that motel. <laughs> the I was there all the time. <laughs> the jupe in. I used to check in. I used to roll around on the sheets. I jupe it up and roll around on the sheets. Um, it is, uh, well, it's- It's sweet, that's for it's sure. It's got a sweetness to it. Whoa. I'm not, I'm trying to think of what notes, what it's notes are you getting? It's not very strong. Here, here, you try some on your wrist. Don't worry I'm about it. I'm getting like 1930s grandma. Yeah, grandma, right? Yeah, not yeah. not and very I don't, masculine. Yeah, pass it around, take a swig. On the bottle it says, and now with more grandma. <laughs> they just grind them up. <sighs> what? I just—it's. I have to say, Tracy smelled really good. He did. I and, don't and also, know if he was wearing. He it. said he wore a half a bottle. Yeah, he puts a lot of it on, and I do think that's what he was wearing. He doesn't lie about jupe. Okay. 
All right. Maybe it smells differently. It reminds me of, you know, Old Spice was a really cheap thing, but I have a fondness for that because my grandpa and dad wore it. And I probably wouldn't balk if I had to wear that, but it's really cheap, you know? Yeah. I never put on a cologne. No, I'm not really a cologne guy either. I used to wear perfume. But uh, I might start wearing jute. Yeah. Now, what do you think? Do you think people would accept me if I started wearing jute? No. Okay. I don't. I, um... I think you're not a clone guy. Hey, do you think Tracy would do an ad with me for Jupe? Oh, like I'm this sure on the subway? Oh my god. Wouldn't that be great? Sure he would. Uh, me and uh, and Tracy and we're and it's for Jupe. I want to see you pouring it on yourself. You guys should do come up with your own fragrance and you read it through the back and it's just Conan and Tracy Morgan for Pooge. <laughs> Pooge. You see it backwards? Yeah. I, don't, I think there are some people who are cologne people and you're not a cologne person. No. no, I'm not a cologne person. Do you go to the club a lot? Do you hit the uh, clubs? I've never hit the clubs. Yeah, me either. Get bottle service I mean, at the club? Never, never hit the clubs. But you used to hit the clubs I did. all the time. Lots of cologne. Really? Yeah. Would you, and would and you what wear is that a for? Scent? Is it to cover? I wear perfume, yeah. yeah. But why are people, why do you think, uh, are there women that like a man to wear a scent? Yeah. I okay. think so. I used to like nice scents on guys, you know, but it's, mm. you know, that was a different time. That was a different sauna. Oh, <laughs> oh. You were a married mother of uh, uh, twin boys. Yeah, yeah. Back so you then. shouldn't be uh, hungering for another man's scent. No, no. And also now I'm worried about wearing scents because what if the boys react weirdly to it? So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't need it. Okay. Well, I, I'm all down with, uh, you know, it's not like I have a product right now that I'm really tethered to. Never really had one, but why not jupe? Let me ask you this. When you go home tonight, Liza will have been out of town. She's going to come home and you're going to have this really sweet perfume on you. And she's yeah. going to think, well, no, she won't. She was not going to no. think that. <laughs> she, no. she is not going to think that. She's going to think, I, oh, he's doing a bit for the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, what's, this co- what's this podcast bit? Um <laughs> Uh, Liza sleeps very soundly at night, uh, knowing that uh, yeah. <laughs> that I'm <laughs> not out there. She might even just be in for a little. Like I did say to her once, not long ago, I said, if you did find out that I was cheating on you, isn't there some part of you that would be impressed with my time that's management what I meant, skills? Yeah. Because, you know, that's what I'd never have understood I have no desire to be that person. Yeah. I am very uh, happy with my choice, but- I'm always, when people do that, I know. and I always think, wait a minute, how do you keep all that shit straight? And the energy and time. Yeah, yeah, I got to go see, you know, Matt Gorley and, and Adam Sachs to talk about the, and then we're in a restaurant, you know, with Fifi. And uh, <laughs> and she's like, gee, Mr. O'Brien, you really think you're going to get me my own podcast? <laughs> you bet, Fifi. I'll get you your own podcast. How's that How's that chicken milanese? Eh? <laughs> gee, Mr. O'Brien, you're such a sophisticated... Wait a minute, that's the phone. Uh, oh, hello, Liza. I'm here with uh, uh, Eduardo. Wait, did I say... Oh, no, no, Matt and uh, Adam died. That's why I couldn't meet with them and, and with their water. I mean, I would and fuck it all up. And then you have to kill us. Yeah, then I'd have to kill you. Yeah. Gee, Mr. O'Brien, why are we killing people? <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's my- that, That's Conan would wear a cologne. That's my mistress. She's yeah. chomping gum. Yeah. She's got big high heels. Off the bus from Kansas to get a podcast. To get a podcast. Yeah. Gee, Mr. O'Brien, uh, you're the bee's knees. Well, we'll report back on what Liza says about your- new scent. Well, before this airs, people may read about it. 
Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, Conan O'Brien shot by wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not for cheating, but for wearing that no, scent. No, just for wearing the scent. <laughs> yeah, jupe. Look for it. Where do you look for it? Amazon, $35 a bottle. Is that okay. true? It's, yeah. I, I thought it was like a like a Rite Aid scent. I bet it is. I think it's one of those, you know, uh, like pharmacy colognes. You know what? I like it. I like the way my wrist smells right now, and I like the way I'm going to smell when I go home tonight. And we will report back on how Conan wearing jupe and not saying a word to yeah. his wife goes over. I'd give it one more spray just to make sure it lasts. Oh, no, 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 no. I am going to- You're going to dab it on I it. might take this with me. Okay, yeah. And and hit myself hard before I walk in the door. Yeah. Okay. I want it to be noticeable. Yeah. Okay. Just that. And then I'll be have to do CPR on our cats. Okay. Thirty-five dollars. So you owe me thirty-five dollars. Did you put it on the show card? I don't have a show card. Fantastic. <laughs> just as I decreed it. All right. Peace out, Tupac. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Supervising producer Aaron Blair. Associate talent producer Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. This episode was mixed and edited by me, Brett Morris. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It could be featured on a future episode. Please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S.com. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT. Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. This is so good because I can't set up anything. I know, me neither. And they've made it simple. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm terrible. I can't get an electric toothbrush to function properly. Yeah, so easy even Conan O'Brien can do it. That's what they should say from now on. Yeah. No heavy-duty tools are needed, and if you need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. That's cool. That's cool. Plus, yeah. when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC.